Hi, everyone. This is Meredith Root, and welcome to the Afternoon Snack Podcast, brought to you by Tactic Nutrition. Hi, I'm Alex Parker, owner of Tactic Nutrition, former lawyer, CrossFit Games athlete, turned health and fitness geek. I'm also into health and nutrition, a more recent CrossFit Games athlete, co-owner of Tactic Nutrition, and former engineer. We are here to have fun, engaging conversation about some of our favorite topics, including nutrition, health, coaching, motivation, and of course, CrossFit. Our goal is to give you something to think and talk about and hopefully make you laugh along the way. Hi, Alex. Hi. It's been a while since we've done one of these. Yeah, it's been a busy couple of months. How long has it been? Two months? I was going to say, no, we did one middle of December. Right. So month and... A month and some change. We we did one right before we moved. Yeah. So like big update, we're in a new house. We have a podcast room that we're sitting in. It's not really a podcast room. It's a bedroom with a desk. But like my ultimate goal is to have it be like, you know, some sitting chairs, like a lamp, like somewhere where we can really like hang out and have some good conversations. But right now it's our spare desk and two office chairs. So we're getting there. Works for me. Yeah, it's good. So, um, yeah, our, like our life got kind of crazy there right before Christmas. Yeah. Um, well the move was big. Yeah. And then we had, we moved ourselves, which was a big effort. Well, it was and wasn't. It was, so we moved from kind of central Calgary. So downtown to the West. So it's about 15 minutes West of where we were living. And the crazy thing is, how long did it take us to, like, start to finish? It was only, like, five hours. Yeah. Which is actually insane. But we've moved so many times before. We've moved three times, I think. Yeah. The best part is when your mom comes to help and she's just like, wow, you guys are so good at this. Because, like, we really are. Yeah. And she's all, at one point, she's like, if if tactic fails, you know, you got a good fallback. <laughs> Moving. It's good. I think I think moving's a good like test of your relationship. It is. Yeah. We, we can't order sushi without getting in a fight, but we can move an entire house. Yeah. And like we don't we communicate well with nonverbals. Like you're good you watch what I do, yeah. I watch what you do. I don't accidentally push you down the stairs. No. Like No, we haven't I don't think we've gotten into one fight while moving. No, but I think it's also because we both just want to be done with it. Yeah. It's just one of those things that's like let's Let's get this over with because I hate it. Yeah. But we did save quite a bit of money and I think quite a bit of time doing it that way. And it's like, what do you work out for if you can't Mm -hmm. move your own house? Yeah. So, uh, but that's good. We, uh, we have a a nice big house now. We have no furniture. We have like a living room couch. We have our bed. We have like a a mattress and box springs. Yeah. We don't have. We don't have like a bed frame and a very laughably small kitchen table, but we have the couch, new couches on the way, kitchen table, TBD, but most importantly, our gym is done. So we had this, when we were looking for houses, the basement gym was a big, like it had to happen. Well, it was, we would walk into a house and literally the first thing, like our realtor started to understand the first light he would turn on would be the light down the hallway to the basement. Cause that was the first thing that we were going to look at. It's important. Like if you, if, if it's not going to work out. So we originally put on, put an offer on a house that had a basement that in order to make into a home gym, we would have to have knocked down a wall and like ripped the carpets up. The ceiling wasn't very high because it was a finished basement and it had like a nice fireplace and stuff. It was like a nice basement. But we were like, yeah, we can make it work. But then we didn't end up getting that house, which was probably for the best because when we found the house that we're currently in, it had this huge unfinished basement. With like huge tall ceilings, which is a very unusual feature. Yeah, unfinished and everything. And so I was like, when I was calculating like the cost of things, like when we were moving... Because Meredith goes, well, we should finish it so it looks like decent. And I'm like, all right. So like drywall is like, what, a thousand bucks? Like everything's a thousand bucks. So I'm like, okay, a thousand bucks. Yeah, we can finish it. <laughs> so then we got a contractor in to like look at it. To, he quoted 13,000. Yeah. And I'm like, what? He's like, well, you're going to need electrical, drywall, like I guess framing, doors. Yeah. 
we didn't put in a bathroom down there but like it was a lot well, and it took like a month for them to finish yeah, it because you don't want to put drywall up like you would want to we wanted to pull he's like you want to go ahead and pull electrical down because like you don't want to put drywall up and then if you guys want to finish this into a like bedroom like media room at, if you don't if you want it to be anything other than a gym you'll have to like tear down your drywall to pull the electrical it makes no sense and then we wanted the ceilings painted um without getting them finished we had seen something somebody recommended that and then we saw it online and we're like that's definitely cool because it adds ceiling height as well yeah without you know finishing the ceiling so then we painted it like got it spray painted blue which was really expensive um thankfully meredith did all the wall painting so that saved us a lot of money. Well, we, it was supposed to be both of us. And then I yeah. discovered I've never painted and it's not as easy as it looks. Well, no, you didn't discover that you, you knew you had never painted, but it was one of those things you're like, well, how hard can this be? Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, we'll just roll the primer on. And I think you use like half a bucket of primer in maybe like 20 square feet of wall. It was insane. I didn't want to miss a spot. <laughs> yeah. So. Alex. And 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 ruined the roller. It was deformed after that. <laughs> she was pressing so hard it was she was like conical. <laughs> so Alex got retired from uh from painting after the priming was done. Which is good. I got to listen to an audiobook and you know, do all that fun stuff. Yep. So anyways, it's worth it, I guess. It's all done now. Yeah. I would say it's And worth it's it. like an investment into into our house. It's not like we're just throwing money down the drain. It's like yeah. it, it it increases the value of the house yes as does the air conditioning that we're gonna mm. buy <laughs> right this isn't my life we should get this how much is that i don't know like couple grand we should also get this how much is that <laughs> i don't know a couple grand <laughs> that's how it goes that's what being an adult is apparently Just everything like, with a house is one thousand dollars yeah like if it's less than 500 you're like basically that was free yeah you're like oh my gosh that's only it's only 250 dollars to replace the ice maker what a deal that's basically free um a funny story when we first moved into the house like the first night we like settled down for bed turned all the lights out got in bed and i was like what is that sound <laughs> so alex is like the most sensitive um person to sound that i've ever met it's not uncommon when we travel places that we will have to relocate hotel rooms at least once when we get there because there's a sound or there's something outside the window that looks like it might make a sound and she wears earplugs i was like well, why doesn't she wear earplugs she does wear earplugs they only she, block out 33 decibels that's a that's like a lot of decibels that's like more that's more decibels than the house will make but anyways but um, if I know there's a sound and I put the earplugs in, I can fabricate that same sound with the earplugs in. Mm -hmm. So you hear it. So it's basically it's like, yeah, it's basically like just hearing it without earplugs. Because you've already heard it. Yeah. So it just, it, there can't be a sound, period. No, it has to be perfectly silent. Yeah. Before I put earplugs in. So our HVAC, our heat blows a little bit on the loud side. It's like the... It's very forceful. It is very forceful, especially in the master bedroom it seems like it doesn't bother me but i see how it could bother alex and so that was a whole thing and like of course i'm panicking because alex is panicking because it's not that the sound bothers me but alex bothered by sound bothers <laughs> me that is a real problem for meredith so right now we're trying to figure out a solution to reduce the sound of the air coming through the vents yes it sounds ridiculous but well, it's who this, I am. The solution right now is the the heat get turned gets turned off at nighttime. Yeah, which makes for a cold night. But we sleep really well. Yeah, that's all good. Um, what else? Alex may or may not have to pull out of the competitive season because she is a big idiot and busted her face skiing. It's like you you get to a certain age, and I think that age is around thirty, where you see the jumps off to the side of the ski slope and you just go, no, I'm not, that's not for me anymore. But Alex, I guess you hadn't, you were starting to get a little cocky with your abilities. Yeah. Yep. Well, at Sunshine and Lake Louise, which is where we primarily ski, like off, there's a lot of cat tracks. So off the side of the cat tracks, there's usually little like roots in between trees, roots as in like, 
R O U T E S. Yes, Alex. Yeah. Not like roots, because there could be roots, but they're snowy. But roots because in like trees, because or? of the tree roots, there they'll be like up and down, and so like. I learned early on in the ski season, like not to go in those because they really like toss you around. And like, I almost fell on, I think that first day. Yeah. And so now I'm like, all right, I'm not going to like do that silly stuff anymore. But yeah, I starting to get like my legs under me this year. And I was like, I could, you know, going off jumps is fun. So I ended up going off this jump off the side and like in the air, I'm like, sweet and then i landed and i don't know my skis tips crossed or my skis bumped together like i went down so hard like winded myself face first like it was a really unpleasant experience (laughs) and hurt my shoulder but it's not torn it was taking a long time to heal basically a week of alex convincing herself that she was going to need shoulder surgery and then it's fine it's just like very badly bruised or whatever but anyways it does bring the competition season a bit into sked into question it it's not in question for me because i'm not doing it but alex was our sole hope in the parker root household for a competitive crossfit this year but like why why compete in the open for me right now even anyways like that's what i've been thinking you're like getting to the point where i am but like this year it's very unlikely that they're going to be able to hold in-person events and if they do they're not going to be they're unlikely to be safe Mm -hmm. so like yeah maybe there's going to be events in texas like do i want to go to texas to compete in an event no not when i don't have the vaccine not when COVID is running rampant in the u.s yeah um so like why like why put myself through the pressure of doing these online competitions when they're not going to pet like i'm not going to you don't gain anything from them. Yeah. And it's like, we, I mean, I'm going to say we, but yeah, we're kind of the same in this. Like there's also a good chance that the, I mean, so we know that the, the open and the quarterfinals are online. Like it's not out of the question for the semifinals to also be online. And like, we're just not online athletes. Like that's not the environment in which we thrive. Like you probably more so than me, but definitely like, I, I do better and in person, like I like to compete against people who I can see, like you can make adjustments to what you're doing based on, you know, what your competition is doing. It's, uh, usually there's their higher skill workouts. Uh, there's something that like events bottleneck through that just knock people out open type workouts. It just tends to be kind of like who can suffer the most, who's really really good at that high output kind of like medium short to medium time domain which is just like i don't move fast enough for that and you're kind of the same it's not fun it's like it's always been a means to an end yeah exactly Mm -hmm. like i like competing but i I like the part of the thing i like about competition is the environment being around people like the friendships the camaraderie the competition like be like traveling, having your people support you, like doing, doing competitions in my, my the privacy of my home or my gym. I'm just like, I don't judge anybody who likes doing that. It's still competing, but it's not what I like about competing. Yeah. I Which like is... testing myself against others, but not in that capacity. And maybe that is because the motivation isn't there or the way that they test is not good for me. Like there's not going to be any running. There's not going to be any rope climbs. Like some of the stuff that I'm better at, like higher skill movements. Um, Well, I think there's always that, um, that part of like regionals and in-person competition that is just totally lacking in online. And that's like, you have to be able to perform when it matters. Like online, if you have a bad start to a workout, you can just pull the plug, start over. You can repeat it. You have Mm -hmm. all of these opportunities to game, the system and the workout, which is, you know, I, I really like that, that part of competition where it's three, two, one go. And this is your, this is your only opportunity. Like if you may, if you mess up, it's about how well can you adjust to that on the floor? Like how well can you control your, your mentality when you have a couple of no reps or like things aren't going your way in the moment? Like, can you adjust in the moment? I think that's, that's a difficult thing to test online. Like, you know, 
it's always online competition has been a part of the sport since what 2011 i think when the first open was so it's not going away but it's difficult when that's kind of like you know due to circumstances that are outside of our control kind of the only opportunity to compete at the moment um so yeah we'll see i thought it was neat there was that qualifier last year that was on a running clock and i thought that was pretty kind of a clever way to accomplish that goal what so was that? people can do it like piecemeal like the open yeah what was that it was lowlands wasn't it yeah you had to do it at a, spe- a specific time in yeah but it didn't allow you there wasn't enough time to repeat and it's like it had to be completed in a window yeah of time i don't think it was a running clock it was like a window like a window but that's like that's kind of how phase one of the games went this year which i think is an interesting way to do it we'll see if they can roll that out yeah for me like the place where i'm at with wanting to grow the business and like put my mental energy elsewhere when the reward for me is competing in person isn't there. Yeah. Like I'm not going to win. I'm not going to win the semifinals or the quarterfinals. Like I'm not going to get to the games. Like it's, it's unlikely in that scenario. So like as sad as it sounds, like why try? Like maybe I could, if I put all my mental and like physical energy towards that, but I don't really have that. Uh, like I don't it's, want to do that. Yeah. It's difficult to put even like 75% of your energy towards it. Yeah. Like it's, um, like I don't do CrossFit to make it to the games. I do it because I like competing and certain competitions and being able to go to Miami in February mm-hmm. and compete with all my friends and like go to regionals and again, like have that experience. I don't do it to get to the games. If I'm doing it strictly to get to the games, then yeah, maybe I would invest 100% of my time and energy in this online portion, but that's not why I do it. Yeah. So part of me is like, well, then why do it? Anyways, something to think about for me <laughs> in the next couple months or yeah. six weeks. Like decisions aren't made yet, but decisions no, no. will. But that's always been like for both of us, like, okay, well, and th- that's always been the way that I've approached everything in my life. It's like, hey, what is this worth my time and energy? Yeah. Like, yes, there's a point where you want to follow your passion, but you also have to like figure out, okay, where's this going to put me in two years or five years or 10 years? Yes. Like what, what, what is the return on this? Yeah. And I don't think everybody thinks like that but I certainly do yeah I I think I do well I always have because Mm -hmm. it's just that's how I I'm not even gonna say that's how I was raised it's it's just been a priority like my future has been a priority for me for a long time and even when I quit you know my like engineering job to to quote unquote do CrossFit full-time whatever that means I was really coaching more than I was doing CrossFit but that was always on a timeline because I was like hey I am never like, I'm never going to be somebody that makes a lot of money doing this. If I make any money at all, um, I'm going to do it because I really like to do it. I'm in good shape now. I have saved up like enough money to like pad myself for a year and a half. And then I'm going to figure out what the hell I'm doing with my life. Um, you know, it turns out you can kind of do both. Like we, like for a long time, at least like 2017, 2018, I was doing what I'm doing now. I didn't own the business, but I was doing it training. And that's the year that I went to the games. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, we're both doing it. Me a little more recreationally than you just time spent, but like, it can be something that you enjoy doing in your free time while also kind of like pursuing other areas. But I don't think you can do it at, to the level, like the games athlete level anymore. Oh no. It's too competitive and it requires too much time and energy. Yeah. And like, so if I spit, if I said, okay, I'm going to take my two hours or three hours per day of training and push it to five and include recovery and stretching and a warm up and a cool down, which I don't do any of that. Cause I'm yeah. like, I don't have time. Those additional two and a half hours per day, I'm basically allocating from my business and from my job yeah. to training, but I'm getting no return from that training or it's unlikely I'm going to get a return from that, except for maybe like getting a few more muscle ups, like getting a little faster, placing a little bit higher in the open. Like, I don't think that's enough time allocated to get me to that next level, which is the games. Yes. Or like doing well at the games, well enough to make money or make it worth it. Yeah. Whereas if I put two hours per day, two and a half hours per day towards my business. Okay. Now we're talking about return. Yes. So that's the way I think. Yeah. And it's, it's what brings you like joy too. Yeah. Like and I get just as much joy out of two and a half hours of training than I would out of five hours. Yeah. So you, you check the box, really enjoyed training and you get to continue building this thing that you love and brings a lot of like fulfillment in another area. Totally. But, you know, that's us. It's, it's different for everybody. Um, 
but that's kind of yeah that's that's where people always ask like oh are you competing this year i'm like what does that mean like i could do the open but no i'm not like i have no expectations that i'm gonna compete i think that means like are you gonna try to get to the games yeah which i i wanted to when the season was going to kind of go back to the regionals type format yes but now i'm like well that's probably not going to happen so yeah i think like i wait may wait a year i am excited like i think this format is great i'm excited to see it play out in the long term um like as in probably not this coming year but next year i think once covid dies down and people can really like we can have events like we used to that kind of thing i think it's a great way to merge the two systems i really was hoping that like regionals would come back but i get that they can't just like hose sanctional event owners like that yeah that's kind of cool but well one thing we've been doing with our spare time is getting out and skating oh yes meredith got new skates and we like my family my dad grew up playing hockey my mom's a decent skater i grew up skiing and skating and playing shinny so i'm a decent skater and meredith like we were assuming the, the worst okay but like can the I just worst like we're like first? we're gonna need to get one of those like red like cages for her to like lean on to learn how to like push off of her skates and this is like i'm gonna pause you right there i have told both you and your mom and your family on several occasions leading up to this point that i have skated before you also said you skied before yeah so i have yeah okay but anyways i was like i can skate it's fine and like they just they would not they couldn't believe that i could actually skate and i would say like me and your mom are kind of similar on skates yeah you both can't stop yeah (laughs) we're getting there though but that's been kind of fun so we have a uh, like an ice skating rink in our neighborhood which is very convenient i mean there's tons all over calgary but it's extra convenient to have one uh you know four minutes from where you live um our neighbors have one in their backyard but we haven't uh we don't know them well enough to go over there yet (laughs) hi uh we're your 30 year old neighbors can we use your skating rink (laughs) also we're gay (laughs) but i noticed your daughter's playing hockey too so maybe we can help her with that (laughs) um we can get back on that topic after (laughs) that's an interesting topic what's that well, when we introduced ourselves to our neighbors, she like, we saw her, the the wife, there's yes. a couple and a, it's a family. And afterwards, like part of me still has this like, this self-consciousness. You're self-conscious. Of being gay. Yeah. And when we move into like a typical, like, I don't know, neighborhood, I don't know the word, a better word for typical, just like. I mean, this is, we're in the suburbs. It is a suburb, <laughs> like, and so when we meet, like, a, with a normal family, which is such a bad word. Yeah. But a family, like a husband and wife, and they, it's like, oh, hi, I'm Alex. Hi, I'm Meredith. Like, okay, so you're gay. Like, it, it's, like, obvious. So, like, do they go back and she, they're like, I met the neighbors. Yeah, so they're nice. They're gay. <laughs> like, it's it's gonna, it comes up. It's, I, sure. I, I imagine so. Mm-hmm. Like, do they care? Maybe. Do they not care? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Like, does, is there anything I can do about it? No, no. But still part of me questions, like there's this like a little bit of shame still attached to it. I think it's annoying. It, I'm not, I don't have a lot of shame. I, uh, I get annoyed sometimes that like, it's just something that. It's a thing. Well, it's going to be a thing forever. Like, yeah. I was having a conversation with, um, a client earlier about um same-sex couples having kids and it's like when you get to a point where you're like you as a same-sex couple want to have a child it can become annoying just to have straight friends who are having kids because it's like they don't I mean they obviously have to try like they have to do something but it's it's pales in comparison to the effort that same-sex couples have to go through to have a kid yeah the majority of the majority of yeah although yeah most even if even if you struggle to get pregnant as same as a straight, as a couple. straight couple you don't need to find a sperm donor and you're not having to pay ten thousand dollars every single time you try yeah like imagine that well some people do yeah some yeah but not everybody um you don't have to pay for the sperm 
Right. But anyway, so that conversation kind of went into like, it's, it's easy in those moments. And sometimes I get frustrated and annoyed by the fact that like, you kind of understand it's never like, you're never going to be done coming out to people like mm-hmm. your neighbors, like, um, you know, when people come over to do work on the house, it's like they walk in and there's two girls and only one bedroom. Yeah. Like, and you want to be like, all right, I'm, we're gay. Yeah. It's almost like that. It's like, okay. Every time you show them the bedroom or like they walk around the house or the two of us show up and yeah. like, you know, like, or you check into a hotel and they're like, it's basically oh, like you, saying, yeah, I'm gay, which you, sucks. Would like, you like to have two queen beds? And yeah. it's like, no, we would like to have one king bed. Yeah. So the, like, yeah, the frustration I think is, you just has to be managed. <laughs> we went to Vegas for my birthday one year. It was the year that I, uh, was called to the bar we went to, for my birthday to Vegas and we went to a show. It was like a comedy circus show. It's called Absinthe. If yep. you've seen it, it's awesome. Anyways, I didn't realize that they do like, I guess it's live comedy. They have like a host that kind of does a live show. And we were, we didn't have the greatest seats and we were, we were there kind of early and we were but like it's a very sitting. small, it's in a tent. It's it is still a it's, very small venue. Yeah, it is a very small. It's very um intimate. Intimate. So we're sitting kind of near the back, and this guy comes up and he goes, We have two seats at the front, like right front row, if you if you want, but there's one like caveat is you the first the first scene you have to get up and they're gonna take your chair from you to use in the scene. No, Meredith and I were kind of Meredith's like, yeah, of course. I was like, I don't know. There's, it's too good to be true. I just don't know. I don't know. And Meredith's like, oh, come on. So we're like, okay, fine. So we like walk up front row, like literally five meters from the stage. Not no, even like five. Three like, meters. It was like five feet. Yeah. At one point they basically say like, you have to like. Do not sit up. Yeah. Do not sit up because. There's like something spinning and it was like going to hit you in the face. No, it was a human being. Another guy was spinning a human being. They were rollerblades. That's right. Anyways, they, we were the. Well, so they did, they did the first act or whatever. And they like, okay, I had to get up. They used my chair as this guy stacking furniture and climbing up. It was really fantastic. And then we realized the real reason why they sat us up front. And it's because they they put the people who they're going to use as part of the comedy show right in the front. So it was like, and we were the token lesbians. We were the lesbian couple. And I, it was like probably the most vulgar lesbian jokes (laughs) that I've ever heard in my whole life. And they were directed at me. Like I could have (laughs) melted into the floor. Like we were laughing, but also like trying not to cry. But on the, the bright side was like, they had us, there was like, you know, right to our left, there was like a whole group of Asians mm-hmm. and he was making, you know, very stereotypical jokes. And then there was like conservative white group. There was like husband and wife and the guy was making fun about her. Her husband was probably gay. Like it's a really good show. It just made me want to die. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> that's kind of, I guess. Yeah. It was just, it reminded me of that, our conversation. Yeah. But that was a good story. Um, yeah so it was actually good they i feel like we we had we provided some good material for them because meredith was wearing a tank top (laughs) so her guns were out and then i was wearing like a a, cardigan cardigan. (laughs) (laughs) it was i was like oh my god i can't i would repeat the jokes i i just we can't because no yeah no you can use your imagination um yeah good times we should go back yeah yeah See if we get called up again. I bet we do. Probably. <laughs> um, so we are kind of, so if you followed along around the New Year's, like we did our our Advent Calendar Challenge. Um, we got some new people going with coaching uh, right at the turn of the new year, which we usually do. I think if you run a nutrition company and you don't get busy on January 1st, you should consider what you're doing. Um so anyways, we, and we always talk around this time of year, like what happens, like how do people's new year's resolutions pan out? Like these people who set these big goals. Um, and so we were kind of talking the other day, like what makes some people more successful than others? Like in general, I was looking at a picture of one of our clients in Sweden who competes and just thinking like, 
you know, this guy does everything perfectly every single day and obviously is a phenomenal athlete. So like what makes him different than somebody else? What makes, you know, what makes somebody who even is just, is trying to lose 20 pounds, what makes somebody successful in that and not successful? Somebody else not successful in that. I think it comes down to your like values and priorities. What do you mean? Well, if like everyone is obviously capable of doing like eating healthy or going to bed at a certain time. I mean, maybe notwithstanding kids. Like even with kids, you can train them to go to bed at a reasonable time. Yeah. Everyone is capable of doing the basics. Yeah. It's just like, do you actually want to like, are you, are you, do you actually value yeah. those behaviors and what they will materialize in? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like, I think it's it, the people who are successful in whatever, whether it's like competing in a sport and I'm not going to say successful is in their winning. I mean, successful is in their meeting their potential as a human being and what they're trying to do uh, or successful with weight loss or changing habits. It's the people who do the, they do the hard thing more often than they do the easy thing. Yeah. But wouldn't that come down to values? Yeah. But it's also like, even like it's, yeah, there's a, a moment that you make a decision. But I think a lot of people get discouraged because what they see is, you know, what is actually hard to them, they don't see as hard. So it's easy for someone like just take CrossFit because CrossFit's a very linear like organization. You can be someone who is a CrossFitter who's like very beginner and maybe you're doing CrossFit to lose weight. I don't know. And maybe you follow or idolize people who do it as a sport. So you think me, beginner CrossFitter, like what I'm doing isn't it it isn't hard because look at what uh Matt Fraser's doing or look at what you know Katrin's doing. I'm not doing anything hard, but it's hard to them because it's relative. So people discount like the difficulty of what they're doing. So like what's hard for somebody who's like let's just take you know someone who's maybe in university the hard thing for that person might be going to bed at 9:30 instead of going to bed at 12:30. But they don't like they don't always see that as hard or they don't recognize that as a thing that deserves any attention. Um, I'm trying to think of other examples. You know, so first you have so to be successful first, you have to recognize that it's hard in order to put the necessary attention towards it. Or at least respect that, you know, what what seems easy, you might be like discounting how difficult Objectively it's actually easy. Yeah. Yeah like going to bed early sounds like the easiest thing in the world. And it's something that like we don't really even think about because eventually the hard thing or yeah, the hard thing becomes easy because you do it all the time and then it just becomes part of who you are. So like I don't have to think about going to bed at 9:30. Like I just go to bed at 9:30 unless you're watching a really good show. Yeah, but that's pretty rare. It's yeah. it's rare that we get to 9:30 and it's not like oh, okay, we should go to bed. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. I don't have to think about that thing, but someone who like habitually goes to bed at 1230 or 1am, like they're going to have to try really hard to do that. It would be like telling us to go to bed at 630. Be like, that's hard. It's like daylight. But like, I don't know, maybe a granny who goes to bed at 630 <laughs> is like, that's easy. I think grannies actually stay up really late. They do. <laughs> they, they eat dinner at 430. Yeah. And then they stay up watching shows until like 1am. My grandma stays up pretty late. Yeah. Um, bad example sorry so, <laughs> i think when you get to 90 you can kind of do whatever you want yeah uh <laughs> i've completely lost my train of thought <laughs> but i think it does i like, am i'm thinking about my grandma I'm like she does that yeah me too but she's dead <laughs> i'm just kidding okay. um, <laughs> just kidding she's not dead or no she is dead, oh, okay. but i'm not crying about that um, yeah, it's so like behaviors that I'm trying, like think, I, I think about why are you laughing at me? <laughs> Such a bad joke. I don't know. I just, I'm kind of interested to see, to hear how it comes across okay. on the audio. Okay. I think it could be good. Don't, don't discount that. 
Because there are so many times in during these podcasts where I'm like, ah, I shouldn't have said that, <laughs> but then it goes up anyways. So yeah, we should. Don't judge that. too hard. No, we do think about taking things down and then I just don't feel like editing it. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, um, recognizing that even small behaviors take effort to change. Um, you know, for a good example is, um, all of these gyms are closing because of COVID. Like they're, they're having to shut down. There's, they're in Canada a little more than the U.S., but there are still gyms in the U.S. who are shut down. And, um, you know, elite athletes aside, because you have like elite athletes, people who are tra- training for the games, like they do require a certain level of equipment. Um, you don't need to go to a gym to get a workout. And I think people are like, it might be harder for you to get a workout or decide to get a workout outside of a gym, but it's not impossible. So that's something that I'm seeing happen a lot. And we got people who came to tactic because they, they just couldn't figure it out. They needed help with that. So that's one of those things where in that moment, it's important to sort of step back and, and realize that what it is that you value about the gym probably isn't the workout as much as it's the community and the people. So but you probably like maybe these people still value I don't know maybe they don't value workout I don't know but if you do like get creative and work out and then find another outlet for that for like for social connection whether it's zoom or facetime um but too many people I think just really kind of let them like they threw in the towel when these gyms started closing down because like I can't work out oh no you can't it's just going to be a little weird a little bit harder it's not going to be where you're used to but it's not impossible yep I mean, even here where it's like frigid, you can get on a bike outside. You can go for a walk you can go for a run, you can go for a hike, go for a ski. Like those options are still available. Priorities, man. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think recognizing that it's a little harder is a good thing because it's like, hey, it's going to be a little harder, but I'm still going to do it. I, I still have the, the choice of doing it or not. Hmm. Like, yeah, I don't have my friends to cheer me on. I don't have a specific time where the coach is going to call me over to get warmed up. But, like, I can still do it in my own home. Still do burpees. I can still go for a run. I can still use whatever equipment. Like, we were talking about this at dinner the other night. It's like, if I didn't have my home gym, like, I would still be working out. I would be, you know, like my mom said, you could grab, like, a bag of rice, big... Like those bags are like 50 pounds. Yeah. Just like bear hug it. Do some squats. Yeah. Your back will be wrecked. You could get some good workouts in with a big, big bag of rice. Yeah. But it's that whole, like the dialogue of like, oh, I can't, I can't do that. I hate that word. Or I'm not motivated. So you just don't do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can still do it. You're not going to be, I think sometimes in the moment, just reminding yourself like, okay, I still have the, I can still make this decision to Mm -hmm. do it and I can, and like, or even asking yourself like, why, why did I do it? Why do I even, why am I considering doing it or not doing it? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, what, what does exercise bring me? Go back to your why. Yeah. And it's like, if you're exercising because you like to spend time with your friends, then you probably need to figure out ways to spend time with your friends and like don't spend so much time trying to figure out how to exercise. But if you exercise because you like the way it makes you feel and you need a physical outlet, then like go find a physical outlet. Like, yeah. But also exercising is good even if you don't enjoy it. So finding a way to do exercise with friends like on Zoom or something mm-hmm. is also there's also yeah, ways to just get it done. Make it there's ways to make it easier. Yeah. Do you care if you exercise with friends? No, I prefer to exercise on my own anyways. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, but the whole like, you know, I, I can't. When someone says that they can't do something, it's not that they like, you have to think about what those words mean. Like you cannot, there's no possible way that you can do this thing. Like there is, it's, it's that it's not important enough. It's not important enough to do. Like people who, I, oh, I can't get up early to exercise. Well, no, you, you can. You just don't want to. Or I can't log my food the day before. Well, you can. You just don't want to. 
it's that example, right? Like you take someone who they're like, well, I really want to work out. I really want to work out in the morning. I just can't get up early. And it's like, all right, Susie, if you get up every single morning for a month at 4.30, work out 5 a.m. to 6.30, I'll give you $100,000. What do you think Susie does? She does it. Why? Because it's worth it. Because now it's a priority. I think people who want to want to work out, they more want to want to work out. Well, what do you mean? Well, they it's exactly what I said it means. Like they want to be a person who wants to work out. Yeah. Yeah. That's it cuz that's what makes it easy. Yes. Like they want to work out, but more than that, they want to want to work out. Yeah. It's like I want to be a person who wants to clean because <laughs> then cleaning becomes enjoyable Yeah, and it gets done. But instead I'm a person who doesn't really like cleaning, but I do it anyways because yeah. Like I want just, to be a person to. who wants to make lists because imagine how much easier my life would be if I made lists. Yeah. So I think that's, I think we've pinpointed it. Yeah. So how do you get people to want to want to do stuff okay. they don't right now want to do? Well, I don't know if you've noticed, but I have a little pad going in my office. So I got, I realized like a struggle of mine is keeping track with non-routine things that I have to do. Appointments, um, you know, miscellaneous administrative tasks with the business. And I don't like making phone, making like notes on my phone. Uh, I don't pay attention to them. Like it's just, it's not how I use that app. But I also don't like the big planner that you have. And now that I have a desk that I sit at every day, I thought a really good way for me to start making a list would just be to get a little notepad. Like I noticed your dad has in his office and it's, there's one, there's one thing per like one notepad per day and you circle the day of the week and you write the, the date and you say, these are my top three priorities and this is my to-do list and this is my agenda. And so I just started using that to make a daily list. Okay, what do I have to do that I don't normally have to do? And I'm not going to say like, I, I do still leave some things unchecked. And then they move to the next day. But they always move to the next day. Yeah, I guess that's better than forgetting them completely. Yeah. And so that's me trying to become a person who wants to want to make a list. You just like I'm, I'm doing it. It's not natural. It's not a thing that I like. <laughs> I think about as soon as I wake up in the morning, like, oh, my God, I can't wait to check my list to see what I have to do today. <laughs> that's not me yet. But um, I do sit down at my desk every day and I look at that list and all the things that I did the day before and it makes me think okay what do I have to do today that I might forget if I don't write down so it sounds like you just made it easier to make a list you found something that you would prefer to make a list on than over anything else yeah a new so system like, if you parlay that over to working out maybe somebody doesn't like working out in their basement or going to a gym but maybe they like going out and biking so they buy a bike and that's what they do instead like maybe they still don't like it's not natural for them to hop on their bike every day but it's a hell of a lot easier to get on their bike and do a 30 minute bike ride than it is to go down to their basement and do burpees yeah so it's about creating it's like maybe you need a new environment and I think that's what the office and the desk and like that was for me because I didn't really have that before and then a very simple and easy to do system or thing um, and who knows, like maybe, you know, maybe that little like notepad list that I have turns into, um, you know, a much more comprehensive list at some point. I don't know. I don't know what your lists look like, but I feel like they're more substantial than mine. I have lists for the whole day. Like I have every day labeled. Yeah. So I have a list going like at the beginning of the week, it's like I've got the next few days already listed out and they, things get added and. Okay. But out. like real, I have a real question. Do you keep a list of things that I need to do? Sometimes. You have like a Meredith list? No, it's it's on my list. It's kind of like a remind it's like a reminder to remind you. So Got like it. when you were paying rent, it was like remind I had rent Meredith. there even though I don't pay rent. Yeah. I would it would be on my list to say, yeah. "Oh, I need to make sure Meredith pays rent." Yeah. <laughs> and you would always do that. Yes, I would. Yeah. 
And then you'd be like, hey, did you pay rent? And I'd be like, yeah, totally. I need to remember my gas stand did that yesterday. And then I like, I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Pull it up on my phone. Yeah. Um, I knew okay. it. We're, like, I knew it. It's, we all have our strengths, Alex. I have a lot of strength. I'm a, I'm a creative in my yeah. heart. I am. I am. And what you'll learn about creatives is like, they can't actually do things. Their that, brains just don't work in the same way. The right way. The productive way. The same way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think um, when I when I think about how to prioritize what's actually important in my life, like there are just, there are non-negotiables. My non-negotiables are there's always going to be fitness. That's like, that's never going to go away. Um, there's always gonna be work because unfortunately that won't ever go away. But I like what I do. Work is fun. I like work. Um, and then there's relationships. So there's like, those are the three things that are most important to me at the moment. And I think they'll be most important to me always. So they always get a lot of bandwidth from me. And then things that are less important would be, um, shit, what are less important things? Other people. (laughs) Um, yeah, I don't know. Just like doing laundry. No cleaning. I do those things, but just kind of like things that take away maybe like social activities. Yeah. They're important, but they're not like your top priority. No. And I'm introverted. So Mm -hmm. I would probably rather sit in a closet than go social. I mean, you're not that introverted. I'm on the, I'm like right in the middle. Yeah. I'm, I'm extroverted until it's like, it's like someone flipped a, flips a switch and then it's like time to go. If I don't get out of here, it's going to get bad. You can talk to my sister about that. We used to go, we used to be in social situations because she's like just a touch more extroverted than me. We'd be in social situations and like I go from having a good time to being number one grumpus in like 15 seconds. Very, I get very, very short. Yeah. Trust me. I know how that is. Yeah. You do not. I just don't go. (laughs) Or you ghost. You don't. It's not like you have to say goodbye. Oh, I never used to say goodbye. Like at parties and stuff. Yeah. I'd just be like, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> oh man. Um. Okay. How do we want? How do we want to wrap this up? I think. Um. So what's the date? It's like middle. It's it's January. Twenty fifth. Twenty fifth. So there's a lot of like introspection that tends to happen at the end of the month, um, because people set these goals. 30 days, 31 days is not a lot of time to, I don't know what kind of goal you can achieve in 30 days. I know if you double, if you start with a penny and you double it every day, you end up with like $2 million. But who does that? How is that at all? It, <laughs> it just related popped, to it just what we're talking about. Popped into my head. Cause I was like, what's the best thing you could achieve in 30 days? You could double a penny. Yeah. I think, like New Year's resolutions are not meant to be January goals. They're supposed to be New Year goals, like but new I, life, new yeah. you, new lifestyle. But after like 30 days, is that arbitrary kind of like... Yeah, hey. like whatever... Yeah, I get your point. Whatever whatever point you're at now after 25 days of doing whatever you're doing, and let's be honest, it's probably only 21 days because no one started before that Monday, the 4th. No. 21 days, you're not really... Like no matter what you're doing, you're not actually going to see a huge change in anything yeah and if you do then you should probably take a hard look at what you're doing because it's probably not sustainable yeah but yeah keep going i guess is what we're saying and if you feel like you're losing steam reach out to friends or keep or us or keep get somebody to keep you accountable get you back on track and find something that's going to actually stick yeah put a better support system in place yeah yeah because that's kind of the big thing i mean for me like i right at the first of the year well like the fourth that's when I started getting up at like six o'clock on our, like on our work days. And man, that was, that was so bad to start. I was like, what am I doing? And now it feels really weird to sleep past like seven. Like it's become, it's like, oh, okay. Now I just get up at six and it's fine. And I actually am way more productive and feel way, way better about our days. So it's like, that's an easy one. I think adjusting your sleep schedule, at least for somebody like me, like that was easy. And like, I'll be really honest. It's been a long time since I've changed a behavior of mine. 
like not to get sappy and like weird here, but like I've, I've been set in my ways because like my ways are good and they serve me well. It's so it's been a long time since I've had to like take my own medicine and try to change something about my life and like, damn it, I'm proud. <laughs> like I'm like really stoked on that particular behavior. Cause it, it, not only does it literally like it's, it puts more time in my day, which is something that I've been complaining about for a while, but it really like, it changes the way that I feel about myself. Like I'm a person that gets up. Hey, you know, what's funny is before this month, I can count on one finger. <laughs> How many times you've gotten out of bed before me? And that was, I don't remember where it was. I think it was back in North Carolina, <laughs> like back when I was like visiting you. Yeah. And I remember waking up and being like, I was worried. So I'm like, what is she doing awake? And you've probably gotten up on more than I can count on. Most days I'm up before you now. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, like at least five times you've gotten out of bed before me. Yeah. So, but it's like, it's crazy how a little, like a that small, just goes to show the gravity of the change. It's a big change. It is. But it's like, it's a small change and it goes to show you how like one small change like that can change how you feel about, about yourself. It can change your whole day. Yeah. And it does, it's been doing that for me. And like, I just, I didn't know that that could happen to me again. I didn't know. I just thought that I was going to get up at six because it was a necessity and I was going to get more you know, stuff done and that was going to be it. But it's like, it's actually, I'm like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a person who gets up early now. So it's cool. Like, I think it's great to feel that stuff. And I think it's when you can make changes like that, it makes me want to make other changes. I don't know what they are, but anywho. Um, well, that's it. Let's wrap it up. Um, thank you for listening. As always, we, um, we know it's been a while since we put out an episode, but that was a bit of a random one. Yeah, it was. I don't know what I'm going to title this. A lot of different topics, but we needed to catch up on a few things to bring you up to speed for anybody who cares. Yeah. Um, so we'll keep doing this. If you guys have any topics that you want to hear about, uh, nutrition, CrossFit, coaching, whatever, um, send us a DM on tactic or our personal or email, whatever, and we will get you on the list for the upcoming episodes. Talk to you soon.